It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily podcast on the Dallas Cowboys. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can find me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today is Landon McCool. You can follow him on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can check him out on the Best Coast Boys podcast. Landon, did you enjoy the very busy day in free agency for the Dallas Cowboys? (laughs) I enjoyed laughing at the busy day for everybody else, for sure. Yeah, it, it was... This this first day is always insane, right? This, this is when you see the absolute worst contracts being handed out, right? Yeah, it's it's uh, it's pretty terrible. I mean, I mean, it's just just nuts. Some of the things that you see getting the money that's getting thrown around right now is just absolutely crazy. And, and there's sometimes where these deals pay off, but it it typically is when you're paying average players, you know. Good to elite money. If you're spending up for an elite player, it typically doesn't it hurt you too bad. But it's when you're when you're paying guys like, oh, I don't know, Jesse James, seven million dollars a season to be <laughs> your tight end one. Uh, that that's when you get in trouble. But uh, let's go ahead and let's start with the Cowboys. Are you surprised by the the lack of the moves or the lack of news from the Cowboys today? No, I mean, this is. Uh... This is pretty much their uh, standard operating procedure. And, yeah. Uh, when is the last time? When's the last time they've made news on this first day? Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I can't really think about. I mean, maybe back. I, I went, maybe back when they signed Brandon Carr. Was that how close That's, was? Yeah, was that, maybe that was like maybe the. But I don't know if that was necessarily. Uh, uh, you know, like a first day thing. But that was. I think that's the closest they've come in a while to like a you know splash in, in free agency to say the least. Yeah, I'm not surprised either. I think if the Cowboys are going to make a move, it's going to come, what, maybe by the weekend, maybe a little bit sooner by that. I mean, they're, they're going to wait for this market to play out and kind of see where some of these these uh, contracts come in. And I think, you know, now that you see some of these deals like Landon Collins coming in at $15 million a, a season, I mean, it gives you an idea of probably what Earl Thomas wants. Uh, they're going to let people set the market and then try to come in and grab some of those mid-tier guys. So, um, let's talk a little bit more about Earl Thomas. Uh, today, Jane Slater had a report uh, that Earl Thomas is looking for a two- or three-year deal around $15 million per season. Uh, initially, when that was tweeted out, uh, people thought he was crazy. And then about an hour later, Landon Collins signed almost a, you know, a very, very similar deal. So uh, if the price tag is like a two-year $30 million deal on Earl Thomas, uh, are you interested in that? That's a lot of money. Um, I mean, I think it depends on what. I think the problem that we don't, the portion of this that we don't know, and that we, I don't know that we're always considering is what what's what else are they hearing from like Lawrence's representatives? Like, what are they hearing? Sure. You know, like so. What we don't know is what's the other numbers that they're you know balancing in their head 
with other free agents that they're talking to. Um, I, I, I think $15 million, if it's like a two- or three-year deal, yeah, like – I think that's. I think two years is perfect. I really, I think two years is perfect. I can get behind fourteen or fifteen for Earl because it's not going to kill you long term, right? You're still going to have money to sign Lawrence and Prescott and all those kind of things. That's why I'm okay with a short deal with this, with a lot of it being guaranteed. I I just, I don't think it's going to come back to haunt you. Yeah, I mean, it's just a lot of it's it's a lot of money into. You know, it's eating a ton of that cash into like you know what is supposed to be a, a very. A, a big year for you to be able to have money in free agency. So I, I, I guess I'm not totally opposed to it, but I, if it costs more than $15 million a year, I mean, like, 15 is very much the end of where I would feel comfortable paying right. any safety. So well, let me let me make this argument for you, because I remember having the discussion last year when the Cowboys traded Amari Cooper that we thought it was maybe a little bit too expensive, but ultimately – Blue chip star players in the NFL, they really set everything in motion, right? If let's assume that the Cowboys were to go ahead and give Earl that deal, all of a sudden your secondary looks like it's really intact and you have a lot of depth there, right? Because now Earl's your topper, free safety. Xavier Woods is down in the box. You have uh, Kevon Frazier who can do a little bit of the in the box stuff as well. You have Jeff Heath. I mean, you really wouldn't have any needs in the secondary or even that linebacker now that you've, you've re-signed Sean Lee and Joe Thomas, right? That's that's why I'm okay paying for blue chip players because it gets everything else in motion. I just I just want to make sure we're clear on this. You're okay with, with playing players at top of the market deals as long as they're elite blue chip players yes this is uh ezekiel elliott count into that uh into that equation there (laughs) (laughs) is he an elite player (laughs) yeah i would come (laughs) on man come on Uh, that's a conversation for another time i just thought it's a little little different right it's it's almost like paying you know it is different because zeke's 23 or 24 when he's gonna get paid and this guy's at 30 a little different (laughs) so uh yeah i you know look i i i I tend i tend to agree with you i mean if you want if you want an elite player you're probably gonna have to pay elite prices and I, i feel like what we're seeing now is you know the, that these elite elite top end of the, of the of the NFL players are figuring out that you know it's uh, it's they have another avenue in order to try to uh, you know leverage themselves into more money uh, and I think you know, that if you look at what happened with Pittsburgh uh, Pittsburgh was on the bad end the wrong end of that uh Antonio Bryant deal you know I mean like they basically took a pretty huge loss on this whole situation uh mm-hmm. and I think some of these players some of these teams uh, players are figuring out that they have more leverage than they initially thought and they are availing themselves of it a lot better than I think they have previously uh so some of these guys who are kind of irreplaceable type guys are are you know gonna get paid so you know, for a guy like Earl but Thomas, that's even more. That's even more of the reason why I'm okay paying one or two years, right? Uh, we saw it last year with the forty, or the excuse me, the Rams paying a one-year deal for Nadama Kinsu at like sixteen million dollars. If you do that kind of stuff, it just seems like that's the best of both worlds. You get an elite player, and they're still on a contract year, so they're trying to prove it uh, to the rest of the teams that you know, hey, I, I I need another contract. I'm worth another contract. That's that's why I'm okay doing this with Earl. Yeah, like I said, I, I, I think I'm, I'm 
I'm fine with with it right as it is, but any more than that is is too much. I mean, and I and this is really even the edge of where I'm comfortable. I mean, uh, but that's because I really do think that Earl has the opportunity to really you know fit and uh, Earl's the perfect situation for the Cowboys because I think he fits so well. Obviously, what they want to do, you know, there's a lot. Well, there's a lot of reasons that I feel more comfortable paying Earl fifteen million dollars than I would just Johnny Elite Safety. Who you know what I'm saying? Like the situation specifically seems to work, uh, makes me more comfortable. Like Landon Collins, right? I'd much rather pay Earl 15 than Landon 15. No, even even the age difference. No, yeah, I I agree. Just because, yeah, and and a lot of different things. But but I, I like I said, I'm probably willing to do 15 million. But geez, I mean that's really the top end of where I'm comfortable. All right, let's talk about another move that happened over the uh, over the weekend. Uh, the the Cowboys reworked, or I think the the official term was they restructured Sean Lee's contract. Uh, but let's make it clear what it is: it's a pay cut for Sean Lee. I think his base salary is going to be now at three and a half million dollars, with uh, a lot of money tied up into incentives. He can make back uh, the other three and a half million. Um, uh, what did you think of the move? Because I know there's some people out there that didn't love paying $3.5 million for uh, a guy that's probably not going to start for you in week one. Uh, you know, Sean Lee's been a great player for the Cowboys for a long time, but was it time to move on and maybe get younger there? I don't, you know, I don't see the, I don't have a real, a real issue with this because, and maybe I don't understand the cap ramifications as well as I think I do, but to me, if they cut him, then they still owed like three million in dead dead money, right? Like so, really. But that's already paid for, right? So that's why it's dead money. So I mean, they would have got a little bit of cap space. They, they would have gotten well, but th- then they they got four million dollars in cap space, right? Like because they because he reduced the 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 money down to basically what the dead money was. I believe so. Yes, I think so. So it so basically. They got the cap space that they would have gotten if they had just cut, cut him outright, right? What's the difference? What's the, uh, my, my point is, what's the money difference that they would have gotten back if they had cut him outright and not gotten him and what they did? Because I, I think it's nothing. No more, yeah, as I say, at the most, a million, maybe a million and a half? No, not even. So, I, think there was some peop- I think there was people that just wanted to, to move on from Sean Lee, get a little bit younger there, and maybe more, a little bit more athletic. Uh, well, I mean... You've got two of the best young linebackers, most young athletic linebackers in the league at that spot. You still have uh, Joe Thomas there as well. I, I so basically what this comes down to is like what this is like a, a million dollar difference, and you get Sean Lee to come in and, and give you some good snaps when he's healthy and be a, a guy in the locker room. Uh, I, I don't. I, okay, really, I don't have an issue with that so much. Let's talk about this a little bit. We just talked about Sean Lee. Uh, a couple different times when we were doing our recap shows, there was times where he was just bad last year. And even when he was healthy, healthier at the end of the season, he wasn't even active. So assuming you go into next offseason with uh, the same starters at linebacker, they re-upped uh, Joe Thomas, is Sean Lee even going to be active on a, on a typical game day? Let's, let's, let's go back a little bit, though, because I, I feel like part of the issue that Sean Lee had – was a lot like part of the issue that some of the cow- parts of the Cowboys' offense had in the morning. Is it, in the morning in the early part of the season, 
Uh, right. It, it, you know, they didn't get a lot of snaps on the field, and Sean Lee specifically didn't get very many snaps, if, if any snaps at all, during the preseason. I don't think he's going to get that same sort of, uh, uh, you know, deal, offseason time off with his new role. You know, I think, you know, and, and you don't really have to worry about, you know, whether or not as much about having to put him in bubble wrap because if he gets hurt, then you're just down one of your backup linebackers as opposed to not having, sure. you know, Sean Lee, like you like you imagined, like that value. The problem before going into the season is that you assumed going into last year that it, this team couldn't survive without Sean Lee. Like, but, you know, think about where we were before the season. We didn't know exactly what Jalen Smith would be, or at least the common consensus wasn't aware of what Jalen Smith would be. Well, yeah, and, and actually sure what we saw from Jalen... Well, I was going to say, what we saw from Jalen in 2017 wasn't great, and to make things even more complicated, Leighton Vander Esch got hurt in training camp and basically missed... The entire preseason and the first game of the season, right? So my point being that that what happened with Sean Lee is that it was a save at all costs mentality during the, the training camp. He didn't get any extra work, and I think that affected his play on the field when he did get on there. I don't think that that's going to be the same issue this offseason because you know you've got two guys who you like who are your starters that are going to be there beforehand, uh, you know, up front beforehand. Uh, that so I, I tend to think that you might get better better returns from Sean Lee with a better defined uh, uh, you know role on the team uh, and not feeling you know you can let him loose a little bit more in training camp because you feel like if you lose him it's not going to crush your defense like you would have assumed going into the 2018 season so we'll see how much effect that has there you know look I think you've got two extremely young. Uh, you know, getting more experience, uh, uh, linebackers. I, I think the presence of Sean Lee is has value, and, and I think that the thing that people I agree. tend to forget here is that guys like Sean Lee and 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 J- Jason Witten, they understand their position as well as their coaches do, and are not bound by the the rules of the CBA. So these guys can sit with their play with their teammates, their younger teammates, and talk to them about football. Until the from day sun up to sundown, there's no rules stopping them. So I, I think that there's value there in having two veteran guys who understand the system they're playing in extremely well and can be there for these young players outside of just the scheduled on field time with, that the coaches are allowed. All right, last question on Sean Lee before we move on. Do you think there's any way that the Cowboys will be able to find a a package where they can have Leighton Van Der Esch, Jalen Smith, and Sean Lee on the field at all, you know, at the same time. You know, obviously they didn't get a chance to work on that during last offseason because of the injuries, because of the workload. Do you think they're going to try to find a way to do that this season? I mean, I don't feel that, like, I don't feel like they need to, like, try to do that. You, you, I don't, like, they don't have to force it is what you're saying? Yeah, I don't feel like that. that's something that they need to like go out of their way to do. Because and I don't think it really works. I mean, I think the one thing we talked about this whole time is that you know it's you you can do that. I think you could put Jalen Smith at Sam or 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 you know what one of those. But I mean, why? Like, I think you're there's diminishing returns. Even I don't know that even last year playing those three guys with one of them playing kind of out of position was better than just having Leighton, Jalen, and Damian Wilson, who is a natural Sam linebacker. So. Uh, yeah, I, I think if anything, they may still find a different guy to play Sam linebacker for them, um, you know, and 
and and do some things there. Maybe they they find a more of, even more of a pass rusher type to play uh, that Sam linebacker who can reduce down and give you some pass rush snaps. I don't know, but uh, I think that you know that 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 linebacker spot it's so different than the Mike and Will, or at least in the scheme of linebacker spots, right? It's 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 definitely the different linebacker between the three, uh, as Mike and Will are more similar off-ball linebacker situations. Sam ends up on the line of scrimmage a lot, dealing with tackles directly, dealing with tight ends head-on, uh, you know, very little space. It's more about power, about going forward. So I, I just think why, you know, fit a square peg into a round hole there, I, I think... Uh, you could probably find a, a player who, uh, you know, really cheap. Those guys are not hard to find at all uh, that can give you some solid snaps there as more of an on-the-line linebacker. Yeah, last thing about the linebackers. Uh, this uh, this weekend, outside of Sean Lee, uh, the Cowboys also exercised the option on uh, Joe Thomas, who I thought was pretty good last year when he was healthy. Uh, one of the better coverage linebackers yeah. in the NFL. If If – if uh, Leighton Vandergesh goes down, I think you can slide Joe Thomas right in there in the nickel situations and be okay. Uh, they also extended Justin March Lillard to a one-year deal. Uh, he was actually one of their better linebackers on special teams. So when you're looking at their depth chart at linebacker, uh, I mean, they've got five guys that I feel really good about if they have to get on the field. So uh, just an excellent job of retooling that position over the last couple of years. Um, last thing before we, we head out. Uh, day one of free agency always crazy. What was the the, the worst deal that you saw uh, on 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 Monday? Well, I think we both agree what the worst deal was, so I'll let you have that one. Um, <laughs> I I and it's not what I think the fans are probably thinking, but uh, no. I I'm gonna say, man, I I think it's really hard to give a box safety fifteen million dollars a year. I I like Landon Collins a lot. But man, that is that's a lot of money for a guy who is, you know, he's he's not a liability in coverage, but he's not great. Not he's not great in right. coverage, you know. Like he, he, you know, he's not someone that like. If I'm paying money for a safety, I'm paying money for coverage. I'm not paying for a guy that is a, a force in the run game. I mean, uh, I, though, I guess those guys are getting paid pretty good money too. I mean, if you need Quan Alexander, Quan Alexander's deal, you know, now that I say that out loud. <sighs> Oof. That one's pretty terrible, man. And, and frankly, I like Quan. Quan's a good player. I, I'm going to say this: I have not been a fan of most of what San Francisco has done since John Lynch has been there. I, you know, I think we all kind of prematurely yeah. crowned that whole situation as fantastic. But uh, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo, at twelve million dollars a year. I mean, despite what it looked like when people signed it, I still need to see something out of that. You know, uh, I mean, I know he's injured, but that sort of stuff. But he's—they've made a couple other deals where it feels like they've really overpaid the market. Uh, I think uh, the fullback they gave like eight million dollars yeah, a year. They paid Jared Jurassic, McKinnon, like, whatever. Yeah, uh, Jared McKinnon McKinnon's got like ten million a year. Yeah, and now this—they've got a situation where they—they're paying an off-ball linebacker who can't stay on the field. And you know is good is better than average, but is not great linebacker, not top, not not top ten, not top no, five, no. right? Linebackers in the league, and he's being paid how much? Like uh, I think I think it was, was like thirteen million dollars a year, thirteen or something? and a half a year. Yeah, that's ridiculous, man. Like yeah, that's a pretty terrible deal, and and, and it's not it's it's eye popping numbers. Uh, uh, I, I would say short of this other deal that you're going to mention, which aren't quite as eye-popping until you talk about the player, 
uh, I think it's that that Quan Alexander deal is pretty bad. Yeah, the I think the worst deal in free agency is Bobby Hart signing with the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, he was atrocious last year. He got three years, twenty one million. Uh, I tweeted out like uh, uh, twenty one years at three million dollars would have been still a bad deal for Bobby Hart because he's just not good. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that one's pretty bad. Um, <laughs> one more th- one more thing before we go. Uh, as we are doing this podcast, the the Jets gave uh, slot receiver Jamison Crowder three years, twenty eight million, seventeen million guaranteed. So you're looking at a little less than six million a year guaranteed. Uh, it kind of sets the market for Cole Beasley. Would you be willing to give Beasley six million dollars, seven million dollars guaranteed for a season? Twenty million dollars is what I've heard he's asking, right? Guaranteed for everything. That... Probably over three years, probably. Hmm. It's tough because that's that's right on the edge for me. Uh, I'm starting to feel I mean, like I, too. He's like he's starting to like. I, I I'm worried that I, I'm not as worried about his production, but I am starting to worry about his health because I, I feel it, like it's this, a fair concern. It, it's I think it's it, he's avoided a lot of these issues for a while, um, but I I you know I, I wonder about like if. That isn't going to start becoming a problem from here on because it started to show its head a little bit this year. Not you know, not that he's injury prone or anything like that, but I mean, this is a guy who is undersized, and I, I have a feeling that when the when that situation starts going south, it's going to start going south quickly. It's not you know what I'm saying. So, um, uh, to uh, his credit, though, oh, to his credit, over the last five. Years he's missed just one game. No, He'll play through injuries. Absolutely, it's he's just a he's tough been guy. a little bit banged up the last couple. Absolutely, of years. And, and and I'm not you know I, I just my only money my concern there is that you know he because of his size and everything it's not, it's not even just that he'll get. I'm afraid he'll get injured more than uh, others. It's that I I don't know that how well he how do I say this. I don't know how well he can carry those injuries long term. You know what I'm saying? Like I think that w- really injuries like the the ones he's going to start getting are going to st- uh they really will start affecting his play I think more than some other players. You know because he's so he needs to I be agree. so close to his his peak physical condition to 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 be effective out there. So uh I, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. Uh, I I think he deserves whatever money he's going to get cuz he's fantastic. Uh, but I, I can definitely see why they would be a little bit nervous about paying that money. I, I'm not certainly going to be upset if they do because I think he has value and he and, and I think it's something close to that range. Uh, but I, my only concern there is again, is this going to be a situation where we pay this money and suddenly now he's he can't stay on the field as regularly or he he start losing his, some of this value because the injuries start piling up and he starts wearing on his athleticism. Yeah, that's Jamison Crowder's deal is right about what I would offer Cole Beasley, you know, as my my last stand. So that's it's going to be and, interesting and, and to, to see be what fair, Beasley get. And to be fair, Crowder is has worse issues in, along. Those oh, absolutely. Lines. I mean, he is he is Crowder is legitimately injury prone. So uh, I would say that you know, that and I think Beasley's better too. Though. Absolutely, I, I I would think it bears well. Well, they're different players, but yeah, I th- I think I think it bears well for Beasley in general. I think that is definitely the 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 contract that is setting the market for Beasley for sure. All right. That is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. Follow Melanin at McCoolBCB. You can follow the show at Locked on Cowboys. And I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. And we will see you guys next time.
Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.